Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Just before I jump into the message and I'll do my best to get through as much of it as possible. I heard the Lord this morning say containment is not the goal. Containment is not the goal. It's not about coming, I, I contain so much of the Holy Spirit, it's not the goal. God doesn't want us to be containers, he wants us to be dispensers. He wants us to be ones that are not filled so that we are filled and we are happy. He wants us to be, I heard Bill Johnson say recently that fullness is measured by what overflows, not by what we contain. In the same way that generosity is not measured by how much you have, but how much you give away. The, the measure of your week is not how much you got filled with God this week, but how much you overflowed with God this week. It's not how much you were filled by God on Sunday. It's how much overflowed from you in your work and in your family. Dare I say it? With your enemies. How much of God did your enemy see of you? How much huh, did God hear you Pray for your enemies, because that's fullness. This is easy. Come on, church. Oh, I love this. I, I love this. I can't get enough of it. But if this is where it stops, it's not fullness, it's selfishness. We've got to make sure we're not just putting a nice religious tag on what is the prevalent thing in the world, which is me, me, me. If I'm stepping on toes, I was going to say I, I apologize, but I don't. So God bless you. Containment. It's not the goal. Overflows the goal. Are you with me? Yes. Praise the Lord. Are we good? Yes. <laughs> Everyone needs to just smile and laugh for a moment because uh, <laughs> I've been told I can be a little intense. I don't mean to be. Um, praise the Lord. I got a clear word, Father. I pray you just download it to our spirits in the name of Jesus Christ. Who knows, we might have to do that soft close at 12. Brother, we'll see how we go. We do have another meeting this afternoon, but praise the Lord. God spoke to me very, very clearly, and he spoke this phrase to me for us here today at Numa, and it is this, remaining in the spirit. So I want to talk about remaining in the Spirit. Would you say it with me? Can, can you guys get a little bit loud and today? Remaining in the Spirit. Say it again. This is God's desire for you as a church, for you as an individual, for me, is that we remain in the Spirit. God doesn't just want us to have moments in the Spirit. God wants us to remain in the the Spirit. And this is the word of the Lord, I believe, for us, but also for the body of Christ right now. I think it ties right in with the whole containment, the overflow, which I've got separately, but it's, it's, it's not just about moments, it's about remaining. Oh, Rabakata. Our challenges in life don't happen because we didn't have a moment so that we're not remaining. Come on. When I'm struggling in my own world and with my own temptations and sin and you and yours, it's not that I didn't have a moment, it's that I'm not remaining. 
What we need to hear back in the body of Christ is not just about encounters, but remaining. Yeah. We've made it a little bit too much about encounters. I'm all for them, man. I'll go, line me up, give me a row of people, let, get, let's go. <laughs> I'm into it, boots and all. But it's not, that's, that, that, that's good on a Sunday, but it, it's, yeah. not, it's not always enough for a Tuesday. Galatians 5.25. Shut up! I'm doing my yelling for me because you, you guys are just a little bit too quiet. Galatians 5.25 says, since we live. Sorry, does anyone need fibrillators or anything? No, we're all good. Okay. Since we live by the Spirit. Anyone know this scripture? It's probably one of my most quoted scriptures. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, and as I read that afresh in the Holy Ghost, and I don't prepare me, me, me seasons and messages. I just, I'm just with the Father, and He just starts to speak, and I just jot down what He says. I don't package it up, so what you get is what you get, okay? Uh, we just need the purity of what God's saying. We don't need to help God out. We don't need to polish. We just need to deliver. Come on. I'm a mailman. You're a male man. You're a male woman. Come on, people. We, are, we, we pass on the male. We don't need... It's almost like sometimes God speaks, we hear and we think, oh, we open up the letter, which is addressed for that person. No, uh, no, 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 no. You could say a bit more there, God. Let's, let's add a bit more there. No, 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 I don't like that. No, 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 wrong, wrong, wrong picture. Here's a better picture. And then we, we try to package it back up and put tape on it like it hasn't been tampered with, hand it to the person. God says, stop, stop, stop. Get it from me and pass it on. This is why people have me once a year. Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And the Lord said to me, we can be alive since we live by the Spirit. Come on, step into the Word. Since we live by the Spirit, you can't get better than that. Since we're alive by the Spirit, let us keep in step. God says we can be alive by the Spirit and yet not keep in step with the Spirit. Otherwise, the second part of the verse is redundant. There's a lot of people in the church that are alive by the Spirit who have moments of encounter, who have moments of being filled. And we thank God we're alive by the Spirit. I used to be dead in my sin, now I'm alive by the Spirit. Praise God. But it's not full stop. It says, if since we are, don't stop there. Let us keep in step. Remain in the Spirit. If he turns right, I don't say, hang on, left looks better. I go right. If he stops, I don't go, keep going, keep going. We've got more to do. There's some people in this room and in the body of Christ, you are stopping when God says keep going, but some of us are keeping on going when God says stop. Let's not say, let's not judge the ones that keep going when we're stopping because maybe... Tapasura yanda. I want to talk about remaining in the Spirit. Ephesians 6, 18. Are we good? Yes. Are we good? Yes. Praise the Lord. Ephesians. 
It's been a big year. <laughs> Anyone had a big year? <laughs> Praise the Lord. What's the, what's the answer? Remain in the spirit. I don't just need another dose, another encounter. I need to remain. I pray by the end of this message, something's going to drop into all of our spirits. It says there, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Look at what it says. Uh, Underscore this, set this in stone. There are no redundant words or extra words used for no point in the Bible. Did you hear what I just said? Every word is important. We could easily write that and pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. But Paul didn't say that. Why? Because that's not the issue. It's pray in the spirit. What are you saying, Paul? Well, often we can just pray in the flesh. We can just pray because that's the right thing to do. It's what I should do. Come on. This is how important it is to remain in the spirit. Our prayers can be in the spirit or not. I would say that a lot of my prayers in life are not in the spirit. If it's not by faith, if it's not, if it's not a focus on God, if it's not, I can pray in the spirit and I can pray not in the spirit even now on any given day. Can we be really honest, church? So when I'm praying, remain in the spirit, Steve. I've had times recently when I got home and, and the Lord said after ministry, he goes, <laughs> he goes, that's good, but that's probably about 90% in the spirit. He's not, he's, he's not putting me in some perfect thing. He's just been honest with me. And you know what? I know it. I know it. It's like sometimes we can go where it's worked before. That means I'm not remaining in the spirit. You can go to churches we've been carrying a lot of the glory and, and releasing things again. People, that, that works well and people love that you could go there or I can remain in the spirit and come and bring. Well, some people go, when's he going to release the glory? When's he gonna? No, it's about remaining in the spirit. We need to have an expectancy that God's going to move, but we should not dictate to God how he moves. John, uh, Revelation chapter 1 verse 10. I'm going to need another one of these things. You just like put a thanks, brother. <clears throat> Love you, my friend. Revelation 1, verse 10. Again, is John on the island of Patmos, and it says, On the Lord's day, what I was in the spirits. And that's when he heard behind him the voice and he saw the Lord and he, and he had the revelation of the churches. He wrote the whole book of Revelation, not because he was on the island of Patmos, but he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. There are no redundant. He remained in the spirit even though he was in exile. How could Paul write? I've learned the secret of being content while being in a Roman prison. Why? Because he remained in the spirit. Let's not give more weight to the wrong thing. We might, I pray I make sense right now. Just hear the Lord speaking. I might be in pain. I might be in trouble. I might be in anxiety. I might be in, and all of those things are a real part of life. But I want to declare to you and I want to declare to me that when I remain in the spirit, 
That is more powerful than being in fear, than being in sickness, than being in anxiety. You can be in both at the same time, but again, which is the greater one? Because when, when, when we remain in the Spirit, these other things start to find the right place, which is diminishing, not increasing. But John the Baptist said in John 3.30, He must increase and I must decrease. Remaining in the Spirit. John 15 verse 5. This is Jesus speaking. How many people know? The Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. Mate, they just beautifully work together. And Jesus said this. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Isn't it good to remember he's the main part, not us? That we come from him, he doesn't come from us. Come on, church. I'm just, I just want to just preach truth. He's the vine, I'm the branch. Full stop. What would happen if every believer actually believed that? Not believed out of our lips, but believed by our lives. You wake up in the morning, you're about to go to a business meeting, you've got a relationship thing that you need. Hang on, he's the vine, I'm the branches. I'm connected to him. He says, Jesus says, I'm the branch. On, on the vine, you are the branches if you remain in me and I in you. Interesting language. You will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. Again, no redundant statements. Does, Jesus didn't say, because I am in you, you will bear much fruit. Order. Help me, God. Get this, Andrew. Because I am in you, you will bear much fruit. I'm the vine, you're the branches, and because I'm in you, you will bear much fruit. It's not what the Bible says. Jesus, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me, Jesus speaking to you and me, every one of you, look at me. If you remain in Jesus and Jesus remains in you, you will bear much fruit. Why are you saying this, God? Because the Lord says there are a lot more people that I remain in them than they remain in me. It's not that we are unsaved. It's where are we remaining? Where are we remaining? Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Because... Again, it's not redundant. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Because I'm in you, you'll bear fruit. No, no, no. I am in you. It's like Emmanuel. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Yet in James it says, if you draw near to God, God will draw near. I thought you already drew near. I thought you were already available. I am. But you need to remain. You need to stay. If you will call to me, I'll answer you. Why don't you just speak to me? No, 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 no. You need to remain. The word of the Lord to the church of Jesus Christ in 2023 is remain in the spirit. Don't visit, don't have moments, don't even just have encounters. We've got to learn to remain. Two o'clock in the morning, we need to remain. Come on church, come on church. Going into that board meeting, I need to remain. I need to remain in the spirit. And there's the, probably the most confronting scriptures in the Bible about how we can be in the spirit one moment and out of the spirit. In case you're going, this is a bit abstract. I, I, I believe that many of us believe, no, it's not abstract. You, you're hearing what I'm saying. I've got the spirit in me, but I can be in the spirit. I can be in the flesh. I can, I can, I can be doing the will of God. I can be doing what I want. I can be ruled by what the word of the God is and the truth. And I could be ruled by my feelings from one moment to the next. 
Looking, come on, in one conversation with someone, I can be in the spirit, in my mind. In my spirit, I'm going to get you. In my spirit, come on. That wasn't at you, brother. You just happened to be sitting there. Are you with me? Yes. You, you know it. Am I holding up a miracle? Are you seen? Are we seen? In, out, in, out, in, out. God says remain. Yeah. Hallelujah. Man, it's warm in here. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Matthew 16 is one of just a powerful, powerful passage. It starts in verse 13. You can read it there. Jesus coming to the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked people, who do people say that I am? How many people know this scripture? Who do people say that I am? Some say John the Baptist. Some say Jeremiah. Some say Elijah or one of the other, uh, one of the other prophets. Uh, but how about you? Who do you say that I am? Isn't it interesting they say, you're this, you're this, you're this. Isn't that the world that we live in? Jesus is this, Jesus is that, God's that. No, no, no. How about you? Who do you say that I am, says Jesus? And Peter stands up and Peter says, you're the Messiah. You're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And in verse, uh, verse 17 of Matthew 16, I'll go up on the screen. Jesus, that's where he famously says, you are blessed. You are so blessed. He hadn't, he hadn't just gone and done something miraculous or planted churches. He, he just said, you are the Messiah, you are the Christ. And Jesus affirms and says, effectively, you are right now in the spirit because you are so blessed. Simon, son of Jonah, this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. You didn't learn this or study this. You actually received this by revelation from my Father in heaven. You can't receive revelation from the Father in heaven unless you're in the spirit. Are you with me, church? It's like, oh my gosh, Peter, you got it. Now you, you, you've got the truth. Plain sailing, uh-uh. Because literally after he finished saying that, Jesus started to speak and say, I have to go to the cross, I have to die. And Peter lovingly comes and says to Jesus, that's not going to happen. You will not die. And then in verse 23, six verses after Jesus says, you're blessed because you're in the Spirit. He says, get behind me, Satan, because you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. You're in the spirit. Oh, you're the Christ. Now um, you're in the flesh. Please get what I'm saying. He wasn't going out and committing adultery or going out and murdering. He was just saying, Jesus, you shouldn't have to go through that. And Jesus says, hang on. You, 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 you just step right out of the Spirit. God needs us to be people that remain in the Spirit. God doesn't just want us to have moments in the Spirit. God wants us to remain in the Spirit. I'm going to give you four keys to remain in the Spirit. Number one, C. In the spirit. If we're going to remain in the spirit, we're going to see in the spirit. Everyone say, see in the spirit. John chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. Isn't that just mind-blowing, church? Isn't that mind-blowing? The Son of God is saying, I, while I'm on this earth, I can't do anything, but I've got nothing in myself. 
Can I ask you, do you pride yourself on what you can do? Because I've I, I walked with God my whole life and the longer I go, I can do nothing eternally worthwhile of myself, Ash. I am so insufficient. I am, I am in such need of the Lord. That's not weakness. That's right. It's not weakness. It's right. A self-made man is no man at all. I made it in business. Well, was God glorified? Otherwise, you can gain the whole world and lose your soul. She said, I can't do anything. I think we need to just settle that in our lives. There's nothing I can do eternally worthwhile outside of it being done by seeing in the spirit. Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Please, church, I want you to lean in deep right now. I want you to lean in deep. Seeing in the Spirit is essential for remaining in the Spirit. Jesus said this as a Spirit-led man. Some versions say that... I caught it. Don't panic. Some versions say the Son of Man. It wasn't as the Son of God, it was the Son of Man. A Spirit-led man. He... He only did what he sees the Father doing. And, and, and I want to get this deep into our spirit right now. I've been a big one on perspective. How does Father see this? And I get this far from right, but I'm on a journey. Can I just say everything I'm speaking to you? I've wrestled with it today. If you saw my night and my morning, you go, oh, my gosh. But then again, if I saw yours, maybe I'd say, oh, my gosh, too. Can we all be in this together? Come on, church. We've got to not disqualify what God has qualified. Yeah? And the perspective is how does Father see this? And so I feel like, I feel like I'm about to start to preach right now. We've seen in the Spirit so that we can remain in the Spirit. It's about how does Father see this? How does Father see this, right? Because naturally speaking, when it comes to people and things like that, we can look through natural eyes. But we go, come on, how does Father see that person? How does Father see that person? And I want to put a big tick to that. But that's not what this is saying. See, perspective is how does Father see this? But partnership is what is Father doing? He says, I only do what I see my Father doing. So it's not just, God, how do you see them? No, Father, what are you doing in that person's life? Come on, when you walk into a situation, not how do you see this? Father, what are you doing in this? When you think about the nations of the world, it's not how does Father see it? Father, what are you doing in this situation? I can't remain in the Spirit unless I see what the Father's doing. But we're not seeing what the Father's doing because we're looking through natural eyes. Hebrews 11, 1. And two, makes it clear. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and is assurance, confidence in about what we do not naturally see. And this is what the ancients were commended for. When it comes to people, do we look through natural eyes at their present reality? Or do we look through spiritual eyes at what Father is doing? So you've heard me say this so many times, haven't you? Perspective about seeing as Father sees. But you haven't heard me 
So it's like he even shifted me this morning. It's not just seeing as Father sees, but seeing what Father is doing. I've never, I haven't used this language before because I haven't seen him as I was just meditating on this. Jesus, I've always said, Jesus only did. It's like, God, I need to see. I need to see how you see. And I'm going to keep on praying that. But I wonder if the, the greater prayer to enter into is not, God, I need to see how you've seen. I need to see what you're doing. Come on, in my prodigal daughter's lives, I need to see what Father's doing, not just see them how he sees them. But I can't do that naturally because sometimes naturally it looks like it's going backwards. Can we get really real? Your financial situation, your emotional situation, your physical situation, whatever it may be, it's not just seeing how Father sees it, but seeing what Father is doing. Sometimes you say, well, God's not doing anything. Well, the Bible is clear. With God, nothing is impossible. And that doesn't just mean he can do anything and everything. It means he can't do nothing. With God, nothing, doing nothing is impossible. Some of you got that. Some of you need to just lean in. To say God is doing nothing means God ceases to exist. It's like a teenager, comes, teenager that comes home and says, where you been? Nowhere. Who you been with? No one. What have you been doing? Nothing. It's not possible. <laughs> you don't accept it from your teenagers. Don't accept it from yourself when it comes to God moving on this earth. Because the devil's in your face so far, much and because the, the devil's on the news and, and all what's happening in the world and the evil because it's here, here, here. And then we feed on it more through this and we feed on it more through this. We come to the conclusion that the devil is doing more evil in this world than God is doing good. And I come to declare today the devil and God are no match. God wins. I didn't find anything on the web. I could preach right on that, but I'm going to keep on going. See in the Spirit in order to remain in the Spirit. Number two, hear in the Spirit. I'll try and bring this home. Are we doing okay? Remaining in the Spirit. Remaining in the Spirit. We need to see in the Spirit what's Father doing. Did you get that, church? Number two, hear in the Spirit. Repeatedly to all seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3. And you see in Revelation 2 29, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I addressed that before, but can I just put an, an underscore on that for some of us? Let's shift on our daily thing God, what are you just saying to me, to what are you saying to the churches? It's a game changer. It's a game changer. Romans 10 17. And in the New King James, I want to read this one in the New King James Version, Romans ten seventeen. You know the scripture, right? If you've been around church for five minutes, so then faith comes by hearing. And hearing, how? By the word of God. That The word, word there, faith comes by hearing. Hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Remember, faith is based on what you don't see. <laughs> comes by hearing. And hearing how by the word of God, that, that word word there is not logos, it's rhema. 
It's not faith comes by hearing, so I just know everything that the Bible says. That's not what it is. It is rhema. It is, logos is the word from God that is for everyone all the time, everywhere. Are you with me? You know, the, what the Bible says about Jesus is, is logos is for everyone. But rhema is a specific, you, you know, in those times where you need a specific word from God for God, into my situation right now, I need to hear from you. If you had times in the Word of God when you're leaning in and something jumps off the page and it hits you in your spirit and revelation comes, that's not Logos. It started with Logos and it became Rhema. And it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by a Rhema. What's God saying now? You can only hear what God's saying now if you remain in the spirit. Hmm. There is a war on over what we hear. So who is the source of the words that you live by? I heard the Lord say, sometimes we need to change the channel so that God can change our lives. If we are going to remain in the Spirit, we must hear in the Spirit. Number three, decide in the Spirit. I can say a lot of things in the Spirit, but I didn't pick four things. This is what God says, see in the Spirit, hear in the Spirit, decide. In the spirit. When I get derailed is when I decide out of the spirit. Anybody else? Where did Adam and Eve get derailed? They made a decision out of the spirit. And what got them out of the spirit? They didn't hear in the spirit. Because God said something clearly in the devil's first attack on humankind was not eating fruit. Is Did God really say that? The first sin issue, you've got nothing to do with fruit. It's got everything to do with the voice that we are listening to. Every single time I struggle in life right now, every single time you or I stray is for one reason only. We are listening to a different voice than the voice of God. Bar none. If we... Take a little bit of money off the sides because we're listening to a different voice. If we react with anger and say something cutting and negative and critical, it's because we're listening to another voice. Come on. Whatever it is, it's a voice issue. But the voice issue determines the decision. I need to see in the Spirit what's Father doing. I need to hear what the Spirit's saying. And I need to decide in the Spirit. Just underscore that. And you can see it in Genesis 3, verse 11. When God came looking for Adam and Eve and they tried to hide because they had sinned. We say they had sinned by eating the fruit. No, they had sinned by listening to another voice in the voice of God. And that resulted in them eating the fruit. And God underscores it, but we miss it because his first question is why did you, was not why did you eat the fruit? In Genesis 3, 11, he comes and he says, who told you? that you were naked, did you eat the fruit? God drew the conclusion of eating fruit based on them actually hearing, listening to a different voice because they came out with information that they could only hear from another voice. That's the world we live in. We come out with information based on listening to a different voice. I beg some of you, turn your Instagram and your socials off for a month and spend time in the Word. That's not legalism. Again, this is a whole pendulum thing. 
It used to be legalism. You can't own a TV. You can't play cards. You can't dance. And so now it's like everything goes. But then we live in a place where we're not remaining in the spirit and our struggle is uphill. God says if you want to change your life, change the channel. It's not legalism. If it's not helpful for you moving towards God, get rid of it. Don't base it on right or wrong. Base it on, is this helping me step towards God? I don't have time for my Bible because I'm so busy playing and games and watching YouTube and going out there and exercising. And this and... Come on. Let's not make right or wrong. But is it pulling me towards God or not? Remaining in the Spirit. I want the goosebumps in church. I want the fire in church. I want the joy in church. I want the encounters in church. I want them. I want them. We need them. We need them. But on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, am I seeing what Father's doing in the Spirit? Am I hearing what the Spirit is saying? Am I making decisions in the Spirit, not just in the flesh? Decide in the Spirit. Matthew 16, 24. The Lord's been saying to me, over recent times, lead people to the place of dying. It's not really Instagram worthy. It doesn't preach nicely, but it's the starting point of our faith. Sometimes we're not living because we haven't died enough. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. And this life I now live in the spirit, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And in Matthew 16, 24, please take note of where it is, Matthew 16, 24, which is right after Matthew 16, 23, I went to school. It's get behind me, Satan, because you do not have in mind the things of God, but merely human concerns. After verse 17, you are so blessed because you're in the spirit. You're in the spirit now, you're not in the spirit. So Jesus says, I need to address something here. He says, if you want to be my disciples, if you want to be my disciples, can we stop stepping in and out and in and out of the Spirit? If you want to be my disciple, whoever wants to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. How many people know we need this in our country, in our lives, in our nations, in our lives? It's so subtle. What do you want to do with your life? Sounds wonderful, but it's not biblical. Every day ordained for me was written in God's book. He has prepared some good works in advance for me to do. God, why did you place me on this planet? Why well, I want to see what you're doing. I want to partner with that. I'm not saying you can't be a plumber or, or, a, or an electrician or a doctor. I'm not saying that, but if it's just the pursuit of your own will and not... Uh, God is... Uh, Come on, Romans 12, I come in view of God's mercy. I, I lay my whole life down as a living sacrifice. Why? Because 1 Corinthians 6, 19, I no longer live. Christ lives in me. Come on, the, uh, the, the Spirit of God is alive in me. And if you want to be my disciple, you've got to deny yourselves and you've got to take up your cross. It's going to cost you everything. And follow me. This has got everything to do with the decide in the Spirit. The Lord said to me, if comfort is our measure for deciding, we won't decide in the spirit. 
You must deny yourself. I ain't going to do that if the focus is comfort. Come on. God says move. No, 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 no. I like it here. <laughs> we had literally been through this in the last year. God says move from our freshly renovated house. Has it been a plain... Let me put something in a coffin and blow it up. If it's the will of God, even if it's not working out now, it will one day work out. Rubbish. And everything God works for the good of the people who love him. It doesn't make everything good. Steve, how can you preach that? People lost their lives, got sawn in half, got burned. But he's working something. Stephen's been stoned to death, and even on his deathbed, while being stoned to death, he's praying for Saul of Tarsus to get saved. And two chapters later, God reveals Jesus to Saul, not because of, that's not where it started. It started with a man on his knees being stoned to death, saying, I'm not going to just pray that I get out of this. Why? Because I'm deciding right now in the spirit, I'm going to pray for that terrorist. And that terrorist got saved, and now he became the Apostle Paul. What would happen if the body of Christ prayed more for the terrorists around the world today than talked about them? Pray for your enemies. Do good for them. I can't do that. That means we're not remaining in the spirit. But you don't know what happened. No, I don't. But while we were sinners, Christ died for me and he died for you. To whom much is given, come on, much is required. You want to be my disciple? Decide in the spirit, deny yourself. If comfort is your measure, we won't decide in the spirit. If convenience is our measure for deciding, we won't decide in the spirit. When God says, I want you to do this, and we go, well, it's not a good time. I promise you, God, I'll do it. Not now, but I'm going to plan for it. And next year I'll do it. It's not obedience, it's disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. And the Lord said to me, the longer you delay, Steve, the more likely you'll end up disobeying. Decide in the spirit. If understanding is your measure for deciding, we won't decide in the spirit. When I can work all this God stuff out, you know, I'm going to give it all. We can't, we can't remain in the spirit. Trust in God with everything. Don't lean on your own understanding. It's one or the other. It's one or the other. And if feelings are our measure for deciding, <laughs> any friends in the house? The feelings are the measure for our deciding. We won't decide in the spirit. And what do we make decisions? Deciding in the spirit comes from seeing in the spirit and hearing in the spirit. And finally, I wonder if we could have the, the keys, the band back. It would be wonderful. And we'll go towards our second close. I'm not trying to prolong. I just want to. Finish this and see what Father does and then. The last thing is pursue in the spirit. Come on. So I need to, if I'm going to remain in the spirit, I need to see what the Father's doing. I need to hear what the Spirit's saying. I need to decide in the spirit, not based on comfort or convenience or feelings or understanding. But once I've made that decision, has anyone lived in this Christian life long enough that you've made some decisions for the Lord? And that's not where it stops, that's where it starts. Come on, church. I make these decisions. I had to make it this morning to come and preach to you. I'm just being transparent. Sometimes you need to pursue in the spirit. 
You need to persevere in the spirit. You need to say, even Jesus wrestled with it. Jesus, Father, if there's another way, would you remove this cup from me? Yet not what I want. I want to remain in the spirit, Father. I want your will to be done. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't just see in the spirit with the miracles? And hear by the Spirit when He gave words of knowledge. (laughs) And decide in the Spirit to go from this place to this place and to call people. But aren't you glad that He pursued in the Spirit all the way to your salvation and redemption? Remaining in the Spirit is not possible without pursuing, persevering in the Spirit. It's a common theme of the Bible. I wish it was different. I wish it was different, but it's not. I heard the Lord say a while ago, Steve, what would have happened if I died for you like you live for me? I'd say, God, I don't want to keep on stopping short. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Come on, church. Since we live by the Spirit, come on, let's keep in step. Remain. Since we've been raised with Christ, this is our new position. Ephesians 2, 6, you've been raised with Christ and seated with Christ in heavenly places in Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Doesn't it sound like Hebrews 12? Come on, fix your eyes. But what's the context? Throw off every weight and every sin that's so easy. Come on, let's run with perseverance. Let's pursue the race marked out for us. Not the race of my choosing. Not what I want to do with my life. But my life is not my own. I've been born with a price. God, what is it? I pursue it. How do I do it? i got to fix my eyes on Jesus. i got to set my heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father and set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. If our hearts and minds are not set on things above, we will not finish what Father has given us to do. Every decision in the Spirit will be tested. And remaining in the Spirit through persevering and pursuing in the Spirit is essential to finishing our kingdom assignments. Last verse, and then we're going to clear this out and we're just going to close. 2 Timothy 4, 7. Here's the goal, church. I have fought the good fight, said Paul. You and I are going to fight battles in life. The reality is we just choose if it's a good battle, the good fight or not. I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. If we're going to remain in the Spirit, we must pursue in the Spirit. God doesn't just want us to have moments in the Spirit. God wants us to 
remain in the Spirit. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.